This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome back to Shrink Chicks. Welcome. So happy to be here. It's been a while. We had pre-recorded in November because Jen was away for three weeks on her honeymoon. Really long time. Actually, I would say a little too long to be away. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's all, and you know, you come back and everyone's like, oh my God, how was it? Was it amazing? I'm like, yeah, it was wonderful. But like, that's a long time to be away. really, and like, I want everyone to know Jen texted me probably four times a day about the business. Yeah. Like I have a problem. She she did a really good. I'm a workaholic. So as we talk about balance, know that we suck at it. Yes, not um, great. So we had a record in December. We had some pre-records. We had some amazing things happening. But um, the number one thing everyone keeps asking about, because we keep talking about it every show, is how to know yourself. So that's what this episode's about, how to know yourself. And we have so many things to say. We have too many say. things. We'll so we try to that. narrow it yeah. down as and, much as possible. And I think, you know, in this moment as we start, like today is um, beginning of January. I don't even know what today is. It's January 4th as we're recording. Um, I don't know how everyone's holiday was. I know for me, I'm really fucking happy that it's over. Jen, did you have resolutions? You know, I actually made my resolutions before New Year's. Mm -hmm. I told you about this. Yes. I read a book when I was in Thailand that is helping me to wake up at 5 a.m. every morning. 5 a.m. club. The 5 a.m. club. And work out. It's really fucking hard. (laughs) How have you been doing? What's the... I mean, for a while, I was waking up at 5 a.m., and then I got sick. Yeah. That really throws a wrench into things. It does. No, it really does. It takes you a while to come out from, like, a sickness. Oh, my God. This I, I swear to God, I'm going on, like, day 15. Yeah, of how it's been. I feel like that's an issue. Like, maybe it's doctor time. Yeah, well, I think you have a very... You, you're... Have a low immune system, Jen. You've been sick since I've known you. Oh, that's so true. I but get, not as much. I, not as no, much. No, I've gotten better way now. better. Yeah. But I used to have strep throat constantly. Yeah, it was an issue. You did. You were a little. My sick. lymph node was gigantic <laughs> in high school. <laughs> my lymph node. <laughs> my, my lymph God. node. Well, okay. I had re- my. I have the same resolution every year, mm-hmm. which is to curse less and buy more lottery tickets. How's that going for you? Um, both are still pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't even know you bought lottery tickets. I don't, but I, that's part of my resolution. Oh, you're, <laughs> you're buying more. I want to curse less and buy more lottery tickets. So you're saying you're buying less? No, I want to buy more. Gotcha. I, I was just like, how many like... are you buying? <laughs> like, None are you so buying? far, but I want in, man. I'm just saying, hey, you can't win if you don't try. Right. Well, you okay. know what? The fact that you're making that resolution means you really know yourself because you curse a <laughs> shit ton. <laughs> so bad. We had somebody write in saying like how like we don't sound professional on the podcast yeah. because of my cursing. And that's, yeah, I'm not going to fight it. And that's okay. That that's, is because know that's ourselves. who I am. Mouth of a sailor. Mouth of a, a sailor. A dirty, dirty sailor. So let's talk about knowing yourself. We're here. Jen's slightly sick, but we're back and we love you guys. Still going on day 15. <laughs> So we get into knowing yourself. We talked about this bit. One of the best things about knowing yourself is it can really help you in your relationships. Whether that's a work relationship, whether that's a family relationship, friendship, anything. If you know the things about you that make you tick, if you understand how you operate within the world, it helps you to function at a different level and I think a more successful level. And I think that's why we've talked about it so much. So we mentioned before, Emily and I are specifically trained in systems, which is why we talk about relationships so much and which is why we keep bringing up knowing yourself because it's so important in in regards to functioning in your relationship, mm-hmm. being able to communicate your 
wants and needs. Because everything happens within context, right? Right. You are who you are today because the experiences you've gone through, because the lessons that you learned from your family of origin. So if you don't spend the time doing that back work, it really does hurt you moving forward or maybe not hurt but it, it, you can't progress the same way to the same speed I'd say and knowing yourself also means knowing your what challenges you have things you could improve upon things goals you could set for yourself so that's why it's a good time to do it now right at the beginning of January when everyone's setting their resolutions because it helps you understand okay well what do I need to improve whether it's personal or in your relationships or professional yeah and people say all the time sometimes I'll be working with couples it's only men that say this to me for the record but I'll ask them questions about their family of origin and they say well why do you know why do you need to know about it? it's not important but it is because what you learned how what did you see growing up what it was your models of relationships what was your models of communication what was your models you know um like okay here's an example both of my husband's parents have been in the same jobs their entire like since they were like in their early 20s so they've had the same careers you know 40 years in the making so what my husband saw was staying at one place with a lot of loyalty now i watched my mother go from full-time to part-time to stay at home for a little bit. I watched my dad uh, finish up his career in banking to start his own business consultant. So I saw a lot more of change Mm. where he thinks that like loyalty is the way to go, stay at one company. And that's just because it was what we saw, what was around us, what was normal. Right. I think millennials too. Yeah. That it's much becoming much more popular to change your career. Whereas in you know, in the generation above Yeah, us. the baby boomers, it's very different. Right, where everyone, for the most part, stayed in their And there careers. wasn't as I mean, there was no digital media for them to do. Right, <laughs> they could, that's true. There's they so could, many more options. Yeah, they couldn't run social media accounts. I mean, it is. There's so many more options mm-hmm. um, for all of us as well. So there's a lot of change, and there's so much more flexibility, and that can help with balance and sometimes hurt with balance. Absolutely. Um, so those are the things I meant. So think about that, too. What did I see growing up around me? What were my models? What were my models for work? What was my models for communication? What was my models for relationship? Health, fitness, wellness, any of these things. What did I see and how does that influence me now? How does that shape your values too? Mm-hmm. How has that shaped your values and also the way that you see the world and the way that you see yourself? So one of the things we wanted to discuss was um, a lot of narrative work that we do is we talk to clients about the stories that they tell themselves about who they are and their relation to the world around them. So what that means is we, you know, when we were growing up, we were told something about ourselves. For example, I was always told I'm too sensitive. Mm. So that became a narrative that I developed about myself. Okay, I'm someone who's too sensitive. And was that because your parents weren't comfortable with emotions? Like exactly. What, wait, okay, so that's what it was. So that's, like you so were that's highly the thing. Sensitive. Okay. So, but, but that's not something I realized until grad school when we started learning about these things. Um, so up the until best, then. The most expensive therapy you could ever Exactly, have absolutely. If you want some great therapy, become <laughs> a therapist. Because <laughs> they make you. I guess that's probably not true. For We had a we had a spectacular program oh that's true that's true so so but until then I believed that I was too sensitive and so my way in which to deal with that was to hold my emotions in because I believed that my emotions were not valid Mm -hmm. or my emotional expression was not valid so once we started grad school learned to become therapists I started to realize oh wait 
that message that I received actually wasn't about me at all. That was more about my parents' inability to handle emotion or emotional expression. And is that because in their family of origin, that yes. wasn't okay, particularly celebrated, yes. right? Well, so they tried their best. Exactly. I mean, and here's our firm belief. I, I want to go on record by saying this is, I truly believe most people are good people. I believe most people are trying to do the right thing or trying to do good, and it sometimes ends up not good. Your parents are amazing parents. I love your parents so much. They're so good. They love for you and provide for you in the absolute best way that they know how. But maybe that just wasn't one of their ways. And they're human. They're human. Right? They're human beings. So, And how old are your parents when they had you? I think in their 30s. Oh, their 30s. Yeah. They got married. Yeah. I was like, they were so young. Yeah, no. They were in their 30s. Um, But they're human. And your parents are human. And so everyone was doing the best they could. But if they didn't work through their own stuff from their parents then they're going to bring that into their relationship with you growing up. And that's what we call intergenerational transmission process. Oh, that's beautiful. You like that? So that goes down. And we see this all the time. We see it in a huge way with eating disorders, with addiction, with actually um, affairs and infidelity are often mm. passed down. These are all things that go into it. So let's talk about it. So as we start to know this, let's say you're listening to this podcast right now. You start thinking. You start thinking about your family and look at these relationships. Now, at the end of the day... Our families only do so much. You can blame them for your shit, but you're never going to fucking grow if you keep putting on your parents or your grandparents or any of that crap. Although it's very fun for a while. Definitely give yourself a nice little pity party. Absolutely. You need a little De- bit. Yeah, just a little bit of pity party. But then we got to say, all right, fuck it. I got to get to action. You got to work through it. As an adult, it's your responsibility yes. to work through that right. trauma. One of our favorite quotes, your um, your hurt might not be your fault, but your healing is your responsibility. Yes. Is that the quote? I think so. Whatever. I think you did a good job. Look at our Instagram. (laughs) Okay. So listen to your body. Here's one of the things we're going to do this. I know for me in particular, Jen knows this about us. We'll tell a great story. Um, uh, Before I had my lovely daughter, which I haven't even said, my daughter has 11 toes. I don't think we even talked about it yet. Oh, thank God. I've been waiting for you to say it. (laughs) Oh, my God. My daughter was born 12 fingers and 11 toes. She is the most perfect thing in the world. Um, Okay. but, But we had a lot of difficulty having a child. We had a lot of trouble conceiving. I just couldn't seem to get pregnant. I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. I knew it was going to be a thing. We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drumroll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, health snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. 
When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince. From their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50 to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, Quince offers a range of high quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Um, part of my process of my fertility process um, was I had to get my tubes flushed. They looked for blockages. And there was a day that I came in. And, oh. and I want everyone to know that the way that I handled this was by not handling it at all. It was the worst way you could do it. I talked to nobody. My, I didn't even have my husband come to the appointment. <laughs> I went on such autopilot. It was so psychotic. I mean, if you saw me, like... All I did was work and pretend this wasn't real in my life. So I went to this appointment and had my tubes flushed, which is actually incredibly painful um, if you've experienced this. And I come in to see clients afterwards. I come into the office and I start something with Jen. I think it was about trash. I can't even remember what. But I'm so anxious and so sad. But for me, it comes off as irritability and anger. I, and I knew it. The thing and is, Jen, we've, know, we've, we've known each other, each other so for a long enough time for me to I know something was going on. about who knows. And Jen's just like, what? fucking happening right now (laughs) what is going on with you this is not you you don't give a shit about this kind of stuff and I just broke down Mm -hmm. and like one why would I go see clients after this that was such a crazy thing I would never ever tell a client to do this yes and still I just couldn't sit with this feeling I was so scared about what the future held in this so I just kept moving forward and for me when I am irritable it is anxiety it looks like anger but I am so stressed out and anxious where you, you're, you shut down. So I, when I start to feel anxious, am a mute. We, one time, were having a very difficult conversation because you have to have difficult conversations when you're in business. Um, and, you know, I, I think we were running the, the talk really well. I don't know if Emily remembers this. She's looking at me very yeah, I don't confused. Remember, yeah. And I think something came up and I was so anxious about it that I just completely shut down my body language. I just like turned into myself and backed up. You don't remember this I have no memory of this, but this is Jen to a T, so I believe it. Yes. And so, so I know that when that is happening to me, when I am withdrawing, when I am shutting down, and usually that's the first thing you notice is when you're having this like very physical reaction, yeah. right? So, so like, what does it feel like for you when you're irritable? So, okay, for me, my chest is like tight, mm-hmm. right? And like, I really feel hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I physically feel hot. I feel sort of sweaty and I feel like my muscles feel tense and it feels like I want to like shake, shake. Sh- if you're a mom, you know the song. Shake, 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 shake your sillies out. <laughs> oh, okay, that <laughs> is not the one I was saying. <laughs> But I want to like shake my body. I'm like shake the anxiety off. Like that's how it starts to feel for me. Um, 
Where I know some people, like, where do you feel it? Some people feel their stomach. Where it's I feel it, like, in my chest okay. and in, like, the top of my stomach. Okay. And it feels, instead of wanting to shake it out, I literally want to turn into yes. myself. Like, if I could be, like, a ball of dough that would just go into myself, mm-hmm. I would absolutely do, do it. it. Yeah. So here's the thing. Emily and, and that's I. An, that's an imploder versus an exploder. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and it directly reflects how we are in life. Yeah. Um, but Emily and I are both experiencing the same feeling and reacting to it differently. So this connects to knowing yourself, right? So I know about myself that I'm going to withdraw and shut down. Mm -hmm. Emily knows that she's going to get irritable and maybe express it verbally. Mm -hmm. So it's the same exact feeling, but we know for ourselves that we're going to react to it in a very specific way. Yeah. So that piece is so important to recognize what is your reaction to your emotions. And when you see your reaction, which is usually easier to see and figure out than what the feeling is, that will give you more information into what you're feeling. So take some time. And the more mindful you can be about what's happening for you, the easier it's going Mm -hmm. to be to figure this out. So So, meditation is helpful So let's – I can't do meditation for shit. Right, there you go. for me, you want to know what I can do Mm -hmm. is I do a lot of self-talk. I mean, my entire – my number one coping skill, my entire process is self-talk. I have such a constant dialogue happening with myself. And it often looks like this. So we're going to talk a little – so we talked about this story, right? So we have the story about yourself. And – and a lot of us have like what we call, there's a lot of different phrases within the therapy world. We'll call it a core wound. We'll call it an interject. We'll call it, um, you know, trigger. a trigger, whatever it is. But it's the thing that sets you off. It's the feeling that when you feel this feeling, it is the thing that gives you just deep in your shit. And mine is unloved or not enough. Right? So when I feel not enough, and this comes with the fact that I'm, I tend to be a very perfectionistic mm-hmm. person. So when I don't feel like I'm being enough, I feel like I'm not worth it. And I, I, I feel very easily rejected. Mm. Um, so then I start, then you start having this confirmation bias. Like if I feel rejected and I feel like no one likes me and I'm not loved, I will figure out every single way. So I'll be able to get on Instagram and see everyone hanging out without me or everyone commenting or tagging each other and that. I mean, like you can, you can't make this shit up. Yeah. I can make, if you want to go deep into a hole, you can figure it out. Yes. <laughs> You could figure out. Yep. But the fact that you know that about yourself, what does to, that allow you to do? I talk myself out of it. Exactly. So that's when I say, you want to know what? This is hurting, not helping. Right. So, and that's not real. And so what I can do is, and if you've uh, read some of Brene Brown's book and her book, uh, The Gift of Imperfection, she talks about that she keeps um, a folded up piece of paper that has four names on it. It's the four names of people. It is her husband, her two children, and somebody else. I can't remember who. Um, <laughs> they're the people that no matter what she does, she could do the most fucked up thing in the world and those people will love her unconditionally. Right. And that's what I have to remember is that I have a son, I have a daughter, I have a wonderful family, I have Jen. So nice. That I really think like... I cannot feel shame with. Like, I can really be fully vulnerable there. Yes. And I threw myself down. And nothing else matters you in have to that check moment. yourself. It's checking. And that's where I talk myself down from it. And so, and to notice the things that trigger you the most, right? So it, there's going to be certain, maybe certain relationships, certain experiences that might bring out those triggers more than others, mm-hmm. right? So if you, you know, one of the things to be, to, be able to figure that out is look at your past experiences like when are the times in which you reacted the most what was going on during that time what were you feeling yeah that's a way to figure out what your introject is or if you want to go back even farther 
what was the core wound that you developed when you were a kid in relation to your parents? And so if you think back, what's, what are my childhood memories, right? A lot of us might have these. I have this really weird early childhood memory of being at the beach with my family and I bury my Barbie doll. My favorite fucking Barbie doll. Uh-huh. I guess it was Barbie. I don't know. My favorite doll. Uh-huh. And I bury it. And then I can't find it anywhere because I'm a little kid and I'm stupid and I bury it on the beach. So, you know, this is like, <laughs> like who does that? Yes. I'm like, we're playing a game. And so I remember I made my parents like look and look and look for this stupid doll and I can't find it anywhere. And then eventually my dad says to me, we'll buy you another one. And I'm like, oh, so I'm disposable. Like this thing I feel love for. Oh, wow. They can just buy a new one. It's not that important. It's disposable. Oh, wow. And I remember feeling, and my dad is a phenomenal father. He's so amazing. And he said this thing to be like, let me try to make my young daughter who's having a complete breakdown right. on the beach feel which, better. Which is what any Which is what any would probably do. do. But I took it as, so I am disposable. Mm. Wow. my doll was, right? I never heard that story. I'm still waiting for you to talk about Hambino. <laughs> Talk about Ambino. Ambino was the honey baked ham that me and my best friend played with for some reason. This was the first story. This is. I'm sorry, we're getting off topic like we usually do. But this was the first story Emily told when we were in grad school <laughs> to announce to everyone who she was. If no, they yeah. said tell a story. I, I know, but why would I tell? If, if there was something about I it, swear. they asked us for some they said, like fun fact oh, or something. It's like a weird. Like tell us a weird story about yourself. So <laughs> my best friend and I, Nora, um, uh, my daughter was named after her. We grew up next door to each other. For some reason, we got bored of playing with our dolls, and we found this honey baked ham. Of course, that was in the fridge. <laughs> like any <laughs> child. <laughs> And we found out that the ham fit perfectly into American Girl doll clothing. Oh. And we would dress up him. Oh, know. my God. And then when we were done playing, we had to put him back in the fridge because it was a meat Okay, product. I pictured the ham being way bigger. No, it was a smaller honey-baked ham. It did fit into American did Girl doll Did you have clothing. the matching American Girl doll, like, pajamas so that no, you could I should, match I wish. the ham? I wish. Did anyone see that meme that was like, if you had Samantha, you're a bitch now? <laughs> it was like... Shit, I think I had And it was Samantha. like, did you have Felicity? You have an anxiety disorder. And I was like, I had Felicity. I <laughs> I had Samantha. Well, we should we should change. That I don't know. If that, actually, I think I made my own, but Samantha looked like me. White girl, brown hair. Yeah, I know that actually Fair. makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, okay. So I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> we get off topic. We just gotta throw. I gotta throw some fun stories in there. I've been well, waiting for Well, and then Hambino. eventually, who knows what happens? Hambino gets eaten. I have no. I hope that they didn't eat him because he was in now the fridge so much. It definitely wasn't good anymore. <laughs> but the confirmation. I don't know how we can loop that back in. So I'm not even gonna try to. Besides- it's because you were talking about your introject, right? So you felt disposable. Um, Totally disposable, right? Like can't be, you know. And this has been been an issue in a lot of my relationships that it's easy for me to feel like they're going to leave, that it's disposable in some way. Wow. And if I want to go look for evidence of this, I could. So I have to make a very conscious choice to not. Right. Because also in any relationship, you could, right, you could find a situation that would trigger this for you. Yeah. Right? So so you could have someone who's in the same exact situation and if their introject is rejection or if it's um, their feelings aren't valid in some way, they're going to see the situation in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. So figuring out what your introject is, what's your core wound, what is your trigger is so important because it ha- it gives you perspective on, okay, well, how am I viewing this? Is this actual reality? Mm-hmm. Is this what's actually happening? Or am I, you know, looking for things in my environment that are 
feeding into this Which le- idea. Yeah, right? And that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. 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 Because you're finding things that fit with this idea of yourself. Yeah. Okay. So we have to move because we're... I'm sorry. <laughs> we have to know. This is amazing. It, it just... But time flies by when we're really, talking. When you're having fun we're with having a ham. With a honey baked ham. So Poor if your words. kid starts playing with a ham, it's not that weird. They could end up being a successful therapist. Congratulations. There you go. <laughs> it might be helpful. Another thing we have to talk about, which is the fact that staying within our narrative makes us feel safe. There's something that we can get attached to with that. If I feel like I can predict, then I feel like I can prevent. And it's really not true. But we have this idea that if I, if someone's going to leave, then at least I can make it happen beforehand. It gives us a false sense of control, which gives us safety. It's not real. We're doing that because all of us want to be protected because it it hurts to put ourselves out there it hurts to be vulnerable and it's one of the hardest things you'll do also it's comfortable to stay in the same patterns Mm -hmm. right so if you grew up always feeling rejected or abandoned then your subconscious might be attracted more so to people who might fill that in you as Mm -hmm. well yeah so as much as it's not something we want, we end up being pulled towards something yeah. that's comfortable for yeah. us. So so why am I doing what I'm doing is the question, yes. right? So let's think about this. People ask this question all the time. So why am I doing this? Why do I keep sabotaging? Why do I keep choosing these losers? Why do I stay in a job that doesn't appreciate me? Let's look at that. One of the things we have to talk about is people-pleasing. How much people-pleasing are you doing? Are we staying with our spouse because our family loves them? Are we um, staying at a job because, you know, we think it's the right thing for us to do? Do we not put ourselves out there and work towards our goal because it makes other happy? How much of this is people-pleasing? And the, you know, if you look at the expectations that um, you might feel that other people are putting on you, like your parents, for example, or like your significant other, if you feel that they want something for you, let's say you grew up in a family that really valued you being uh, a doctor or a lawyer, right? If you are someone who's creative and artistic and you want a job to be an artist or some sort of graphic designer, yeah, but instead you make the choice to go to medical school or you know go to law school because those were the expectations that were always placed on you in mm-hmm. your family. You were always told that being an artist is not going to make you money. It's not a job worth having. And so you make choices more so for your family or for other people than you are for yourself. Yeah. The way in and, which... And- there's also a part of that some of us maybe don't have a choice, right? So right. Like those of us who culturally need to take care of those family members, yes. right? And that's part of our culture of taking care of. And so then is it how much choice do I have and how do I still find control right. within the limits of my culture? Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair. But when pro says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily 
after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study, aka the gold standard in research studies, pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrink chicks say goodbye to the cheap razor era my friends it's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with athena club em and i just got back from an amazing trip to the caribbean to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our practice the therapy group and in haste of packing because yours truly is a packing procrastinator i forgot my athena club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth a mistake i will never make again the athena club hype is real the shave is seriously the smoothest I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothest, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must-have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a breeze. No more dealing with gooby blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises. And the quality of the shave is top notch. Those five precision engineered blades glide effortlessly, leaving you a silky smooth skin every time. Plus, the water activated serum and built-in skin guards ensure a comfortable irritation-free shave. Are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience? Switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Head over to athenaclub.com to try their award winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code shrinkchicks at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving. And sometimes, you know, the things that we're taught in terms of, oh, you can't make money as an artist. You can't we make money about as a way. therapist. Exactly. I, I actually was always told that. I was always told that you can't make money was as a therapist. Was that from your father who's a lawyer? That was actually from my mother who I think wanted to be a therapist but chose the other direction. So oh, she was Lisa, actually you think she did? I don't know about therapists, but she definitely wanted to do something different than yeah, what she did. Yeah. But she got her MBA and she um, you did know quote, worked unquote, in the, the right corporate thing. right. Worked in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. So when I got out of college, I actually got a corporate job in New York City and I was fucking miserable. <laughs> And I would I, love to see you at a corporate job. It, I'm very I sad actually, I you know what? Life. I worked from home, so it was, it was, you know, which was probably the most unhealthy thing you could do because that allowed you to do nothing social. Correct? I also lived with four people in a tiny apartment the year after undergrad, which is incredibly difficult. So I was absolutely miserable. That sounds horrible. Horrible. But what I did do is I listened to my gut. 
because what I was pulled towards was helping people, um, always wanted to hear Mm -hmm. how other people were doing. People always came to me to talk to me about their problems, was very interested in relationships. So I listened to myself. So so somebody asked a great question about this. Someone says, what's the difference between between your intuition and anxiety? And I think this is a phenomenal question. We get this so much, I get this too. all the time. All the time. The way I like to think about it is you have to listen to your body because they actually are felt in two different parts of your body. Mm-hmm. Intuition is more of our stomach, lower stomach. Anxiety is more chest. Does that oh, make yeah. sense? Oh, yeah. Now, keep in mind, if you're a highly anxious person, this is going to take you a long time to be able to really tell the difference mm-hmm. because you're so used to this feeling and sensation sensation and i want you to also think about the fact that anxiety is the opposite of feeling anxiety is done to numb so it's a it's a feeling it's an emotion yes but it's not actually like a feeling of sadness or joy or happiness or sadness like anxiety is a numbing feeling also if you are ignoring your intuition it might turn into anxiety yeah, absolutely right like if you're ignoring certain feelings that you might have Mm-hmm. It might very easily turn into anxiety. So they could also be somewhat intertwined. Um, but it is a good question. This is where listening to yourself and understanding what you want is so, so important. Yeah. And I think it's it's hard because we live in this world. All right. So this is a big thing that happened when I was getting towards the end of my pregnancy. And you're like, how do you know if you're in labor? And every freaking doctor said to me, you will know. I would like everyone here on this podcast to know that my water broke, didn't realize my water broke, thought I peed myself a little bit. <laughs> I then went to the mall, I then went to the movies, and then about 10 hours later, I was like, definitely in labor. Like, it took me 10 <laughs> hours to figure out I was in labor. I've had horrible periods my whole life. I'm so used to really bad cramping. And like, I, it, in my head, I was like, oh my God, am I already failing as a mom? I already can't listen to my body. Because everyone kept saying, you're going to know. I simply didn't. That's almost like... To, I mean, maybe it's not almost like, but when people are like, when you meet the right person, you you're going to know. That is some bullshit. I know. I don't think that it's real. So this idea that we instantly know, this instant thing. It, and that you're, we live in a culture that's obsessed with aha moments. Yes. I don't fucking think they exist. Tony Robbins really fucked us up with that He one. really did. He's, yeah. He really fucked <laughs> That is up. a self-help motivational but speaker I think, thing. But I think it comes under the idea that we're all going to have this universal feeling that everyone's mm-hmm. going to feel and yeah. it's going to be the exact same feeling. No. Absolutely not. You are going to feel a feeling that's specific to you. Right? And so the way in which someone else is describing this aha moment is maybe what it felt like for them. Yeah. However, if we take that at face value, we're assuming everyone has this very universal feeling that's the, exactly the same. And that is not the case. If you know yourself, you know what your feelings are like. You know what your aha moments mm-hmm. are like. Emily knew when she was in labor 10 hours <laughs> later. <laughs> when my husband was finally like, you need to get in the car. It's time. Stop. Like, what were you buying at the mall? I think that's important to talk well, about. Well, I had a feeling that I thought I was in labor, so I wanted to go buy the new iPhone so I had portrait mode. Great. Just to take, <laughs> so you could take some like, great angles of yourself. Genius. And then the movie theater near me plays old movies on Sundays, so I wanted to go see Forrest Gump, which is like the... And then at that point, I was like, I'm pretty sure I have amniotic fluid on this. What seat. part of Forrest Gump do you think um, I mean, I triggered it? Mm, wow. <laughs> Wow, that is dedication. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I'm like being sent home from the hospital. I want to be really sure. <laughs> so um, we we got a lot of people writing in, and they had some great tips themselves. Yeah, it wasn't just questions. It was yeah. Also, let's get some tips that people said. Yeah, people gave a lot of tips. 
Um, one person said, actually, I don't even know what that means. And so we hope you listen to this. Um, hopefully this is helpful for you. Some pers- and, may- and maybe what it means is it changes over time. So maybe knowing yourself is an ongoing journey and that's what it means. Because as you grow, you have to get to know yourself in different ways. Yeah. Right? Oh, God, beautiful. Beautiful. We should write that one down. We should. We should. Um, somebody talked about, I think traveling alone is one of the best ways to get to know yourself. I love that. I have so many specifically women who are so fearful to travel alone. It's hard because that's a situation where maybe you'd have some difficulty between your anxiety and intuition, safety-wise, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm walking down um, a dark alley at night, mm-hmm. right? Like, what is intuition and what's anxiety? And that's a hard thing. That is tough. Right? But I, I love the idea of traveling alone. I, I think battle with that in Philly all the time. You do, right? All the time. You're Am I feeling anxious or is someone going to murder me? <laughs> Hard to say. And right now in Philadelphia, the, the gun rates aren't looking great. So probably no, no, they're not. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Hard, that one's a tough one. Some other things people said. Someone said, um, knowing yourself is to be at peace with knowing and setting your true boundaries with other. That's beautiful. Listening to your gut, accepting how you feel. It's not always easy, but it's worth it. We love you. Um, someone said, being self-aware and attuned with your thoughts, feelings, and emotions. That's beautiful. It means to be true to yourself, to not fool yourself, and to do what you know is right. Someone wrote, I usually start knowing myself by noticing my music and movie preferences. That's a fun one. You know what else? And work from there. You know what? I love the idea of doing that. Um, I, I read this really great thing online. Gosh, and I wish I could remember because this person should get a credit for it. And I can't remember where it came from. But they said, you know, they talk, you know, I do a lot of diet, anti-diet culture work mm-hmm. and I'm really into that. And we've talked about that before. Um, and I read something online that said, if you weren't worried about fat phobia and weight gain, would emotional eating actually be a problem? Huh. I don't think it would be. Right. Right? That's interesting. Like if eating to soothe yourself, would that be so horrible if we weren't worried about weight? Unless it turned into an addiction. Yeah, but that, right? But like. But then it's, right, if we weren't worried about weight or health, right? Yeah. Right? So it's this interesting thing to think about. So I love the idea. And we talk about like starting to know yourself with these preferences. Food's a great one to start with. Yes. What is food that I've eaten my whole life because it was my family of origin ate a lot. Yes. And what do I actually like? Um, do you ever see the movie Runaway Bride? Of course. Oh, but there's a great scene Julia Roberts does with the eating of the eggs, which is that every guy she's with through all these different relationships, her favorite style of egg is the egg that was their favorite style. So, you know, with Dan, she likes scrambled. With Paul, she likes hard-boiled. And so then when she's finally single and she's trying to learn about herself, she gets, she, you know, goes and she makes every different type of egg to try and figures out which one she figure wants. out which one she actually likes that's interesting and i also think you know go to what we should do that right now with chicken nuggets oh my god it would be every <laughs> single one <laughs> also like what movie preferences i'm yeah. usually pulled towards depressing movies you do psychological like thrillers yeah well and no and uh, no, Nell, Nell, Nell was another. Nell with Jodie Foster as Jen Nye's. It's one of our first movies listen, we fell in love with together. Listen. <laughs> I don't know if I'd recommend it. Like a tree in the wind. <laughs> Sounds just like her. And if you haven't watched Nell, you need to do it tonight. Maybe. Or Grey Gardens, my other favorite movie. Okay. <laughs> another question we have is how how to know what you really want in life, marriage, kids, etc. I think this touches on constantly relearning mm-hmm. yourself and figuring out what you want and how much of that's based on what society has told us about exactly wanting marriage about wanting kids i mean jen you've always known you don't want children 
Yeah, like when I was a child, I did I did not enjoy being around children. <laughs> even other children. Even, even other as a child. even as a child. So so my whole life I have never been pulled towards motherhood. And everyone keeps saying that is going to change. And you know what? It hasn't changed. Yeah, you've but always felt that way. I've always felt that way. But I'm open to if it changes, it changes. But it will not be based on other people telling me mm-hmm. that, that it it's something change. that's going to change. Or it's something that should happen. And you're, like, fine with Millie. Like, my daughter. You're so cute. Oh, with. absolutely. As long as they're not mine. Yeah, right? Like, you get to give them back. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, not, like, fine. yeah. They're totally fine. As long as I get to give them back, I just think, I don't know. I don't think I'm cut out for it. And, and that's okay. And I just did an episode. I did. Um, a guest spot on Betch's Brides and yes. we talked a lot about um, people who if you have doubts should you not be getting married oh. everyone has doubts right everything you do every day I wake up and I'm like should I wear this should I eat that should I do that right like it's normal to doubt yourself I think you have to say like what's a step further do I find myself always removing myself from my partner do I find that I kind of hate them? Do I find I want to yell at them? That I want to <laughs> kind cheat? of hate them? <laughs> Those all might be indicators of something more. So that's a great thing to think about. Like how to know what you really want in life. Especially if you're someone who's highly anxious and questions a lot of Everything, what you do yeah. in general. Your getting married is not going to be any different. Like how did you know you wanted to marry Bill? I think the connection actually (laughs) I mean he won't he doesn't know how to find the podcast app so that's a whole other issue um but I think I felt the most comfortable with myself Mm. I would say and my anxiety was pretty low but it doesn't mean I didn't have any doubts because also I'm someone who questions things in general but there I mean there's a truth to that right like I think with my spouse I feel so safe yeah like you feel the most comfortable with yourself worst self with him yes and he still loves me, which is insane because I'm really can be very bad. I think that's that's an important <laughs> that's an important thing yeah. to think about is how secure you feel. Um, somebody said career wise, how does one choose? I, I'm not entirely sure what they're asking in this question, so I'm going to answer it. It says career wise, <laughs> like help. How does one choose? Well, I don't really know. What that we'll means. do our best. <laughs> okay. Like, how do you choose what career? Oh, you know what? I I've got it. Okay. <laughs> so, because um, I talk to clients about this a lot, especially when they're right out of college, because yeah. there's so much pressure on choosing a career for you that's going to last your whole life. And we talked a little bit about this at the beginning. Um, I think it's okay to move towards something that you think you want and realize that you're unhappy in it. Of course, that can be difficult when you're I mean, switching both careers. of us were career changers. I both, mean, I went to school for education. Right. And I, I went to school for psychology, but then went yes, into marketing yeah. and was very unhappy. So I think you have to make mistakes in order to figure out what yeah. you want. You have to go into things that you're unhappy in because that's really one of the most important ways to figure out what you want and what you're pulled towards. Everyone talks about really knowing what you want to do when you get to college and majoring in... And some people do, and that's awesome. That's but great, everyone but has it's it. really not everyone. Well, and I think that, that also goes back to the idea that we have a culture that's obsessed with aha moments that so okay. many of us just don't have. And I also think it's like a huge social media, and we even post about it. Like, we're part of the problem, for yeah, sure. absolutely. And we'll say things like, <laughs> oh, like, you trust your good and know your instinct. And, like, some of us just simply don't have it. Right. And it's okay if your career is not your passion, just so you know. It's okay for your career to just be a career yes. and just be a job. Let it be a paycheck. There's other ways to make yourself happy. We also are a generation that has lost hobbies. Go fucking find something to do. <laughs> you, you just cursed, and you're... Resolution. Broke your New Year's resolution. 
It's okay. We'll pull Did it I back. not curse the rest of the episode? I don't know. It just stuck <laughs> out. I woke up at seven o'clock this morning, so same, same. <laughs> so we're doing great. We're really doing great. It's, it's July fourth. Our New yeah. Year's resolutions are going real well. It's January fourth. Uh, what did I say? July? Oh my god! Please, someone help me. If I made it to July fourth uh, without cursing, I would go fucking. <laughs> I would go fucking. The world would be upside down. <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> wow. Okay. Did we do it? We did it. Um, so here's, let's get down to it. Now, everyone, like we said, insight, awareness, action. Let's go back. To sum it up, what is your narrative? What is the story you tell yourself? What is the story that you have, their family has told you? What's your core wound? What is the thing? My mom always, my mama, my mom always talks about that. She my, has, mama. my mama. My mama. My mama. My mama. That's what my daughter says. Mama. She's coming out. Mama. <laughs> I'm like, all right, relax. Real dramatic. I'm like right next to her. (laughs) Um, My mom will talk about, she thinks that she has like a Cinderella complex. Like she thinks that like she's always doing work and everyone else is like. Wait, your mom has the Cinderella complex? That's what she says. Gotcha. Okay. So like, so, okay. So like, what is your car wound? What's the thing that makes you take the most? And then why am I doing what I'm doing? These are three great places to start. I also think we should start a book club. Everyone keeps talking about it. We keep getting messages about it. Ooh, I think we should start a book club too. So we didn't talk about this beforehand, so that's we why we didn't talk about this. But it would be interesting for us to give a book club and some recommendations. So maybe on because we haven't so talked on, about this, maybe on, on our next podcast. Our, okay, how about we do this? Or follow us on Instagram and we'll start posting books. Perfect, genius. That's what we do. So if you are not following us on Instagram, do it now at Shrink Chicks. We're gonna we're also gonna do a book club. at WC Therapy Group. You can follow us on both, but they're pretty similar like the same shit but you know one will find the other we love you um hey thanks for a good episode i hope this was useful if you want to hear about a certain topic tell us and we'll do it literally send us a dm say please do an episode of this and we'll do it no problem also if we didn't cover anything if there's something you specific message us us. and we'll answer it we're we're pretty good at getting back to our dms people helping people pretty much and sometimes it gets hidden in other messages but we figure it out we're we're instagram slightly the it department over here that's Jen. That's me. IT I'm the whole IT department of what the Westchester Therapy Group. You're the social <laughs> chair. Chair. Yes. Really awesome. Social chair and moral support. Well, thank- and the one with the lottery ticket. <laughs> thank you <laughs> so much for joining, for joining us. us. Know yourself. Love yourself. We'll see you guys soon. Bye.